defenses. Initiate bank protocol. Initiate bank protocol. Initiate bank protocol. Initiate bank protocol. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Excuse me, I was just having a sip of my delicious uh, dark cherry fizzy water. Uh, it's your host, Palm Reader. We're back with another episode of Bird Protocol. I'm here with my amazing, lovely, uh, talented, wonderful co-host, Otis Morris. And we're here to talk about the holidays uh, and Ooh. and uh, and specifically one holiday film that, um, you know, some people really don't like. Other people uh, find it beloved, uh, much like the actor who is the uh, voice of many of the characters. And uh, and he has a career that is uh, both loathed and uh, and loved. Um, yeah, we're talking about Eight Crazy Nights. Otis, how are you doing? Good. Uh, I guess the Eight Crazy Nights are over. I don't know anything about Hanukkah. Neither of us are Jewish. We're both Christian and or Catholic. And we decided to go with the only non-fucking Christmas movie that's semi a Christmas movie without being one of those weird contrarian people that's like, nah, Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Not Lethal Weapon, Christmas movie. Eyes Wide Shut, that's a Christmas movie too. Well, like, nah. I, yeah, I mean, I'm firstly, I, I don't really identify as, as a Christian, but I was raised that way. We have Jewish friends. We have a general idea of Hanukkah, but no, we're not super versed in it. But this movie really doesn't talk about Hanukkah a lot either. It was billed as a Hanukkah yeah. movie, but it's it's not. It's more really the standard uh, redemption holiday uh, holiday flick. Uh, you know, bad bad rough and tumble dude comes mm -hmm. to find a sense of purpose and changes his life around, you know, the whole Hallmark holiday story stuff. But of course it's through the twisted mind of Adam Sandler. And I want to state from the get go here, um, it's not a, a, an amazing movie. Like we talk about movies on yeah. this podcast that are like, you know, have, there's a deep reverence for them. Um, I think this one, I'm going to be arguing from the position that this one gets a lot more hate than it deserves, but I don't think that it's by any means, you know, masterpiece cinema. It's an Adam Sandler movie. You get what you yeah. get, right? Like if you're going into an Adam Sandler movie pre the last couple of years when he's made his like heavy dramatic turns, um, you you know what you're going to get, right? Like pre-Spanglish, right. funny people, all that stuff. You know what you're going to get. You're going to get him making voices and poop jokes and uh, and probably some 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 uh, lines uh, that wouldn't fly today. Uh, but with that all yeah. being said, people made it seem like this movie came to their house in the night and tied their children up and beat them. They, they made it seem like this movie was the most disgusting, vile thing that exists in the entire planet. And, you know, after rewatching it recently, I mean, it's not as bad as all the critics made it out to seem. You read some of the reviews and people are like, this, this is the worst shit I've ever seen. Like, they, it's, they sound mean, broken. They sound like they've been like... A, yeah. Well, I think critics just hated Adam Sandler. They just really did not like what the Sandman was putting out. They like, because this is before Adam Sandler 
was Adam Sandler. Like now we know Adam Sandler is like this monolithic comedy thing that just does whatever it wants, makes millions of dollars, and people either love him or fucking hate him. Or they but hate like, watch it. Like they hate watch it because yeah, they're like, like, how bad could this be? And it it meets expectations and somehow they're satisfied. But then also uncut gems, you know? Yeah, but well, what I'm saying is that this movie was before, you know, he was at, at this point, he was still, ah, that fucking guy that does the annoying voices from SNL. And it's like, mm-hmm, I guess so. Well, like, I mean, it's post Mr. Like to some, but like to me, some. like at this point, he's already done like, Happy Gil or yeah, Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, Little Nicky, and like it's all and it's like those are three of the funniest movies I've I watched as a child. So like these this is like he formed part of like my sense of humor. So Eight Crazy Nights, like as a child, who like you know at the time you also got to think like this is like like Family Guy just started, uh, South Park's been on for a couple years. Uh, Eminem's popular, like Christian mothers were going insane at this time to stop everything fun from happening. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, I have a lot of good memories watching this with my friends in my early teenage years and laughing. And, you know, with that being said, of course, we're going to put it in the context of the time. There are things in this movie that have not aged well at all, but Ironically, I think a lot of the things that people complained about when it came out have actually wound up being um, kind of aging well. I mean, they complained about some of the slurs and stuff like that that are used, which I agree with. But like overall, the kind of uh, uh, kind of overly the Sandler type of comedy, the kind of like overt abrasive comedy the sexual stuff the you know all that stuff like after that the Judd Apatow movies that came out they thrived on that which is why I find it so strange that people are like oh this is like the most like abrasive obnoxious oh yeah you mean the beloved 40 year old virgin where there's a five minute joke of them just calling each other gay yeah so that and this is where the joke is that it's like yeah, yeah but this no, is where the yeah. problem that i have with like in watching this again and doing the research about it and going back and being like okay yeah like i get some of the stuff that people were saying and i get some of it's not for you and whatever but the way that it was panned by critics made it sound like it was like a literal unwatchable uh like horrible horrifying uh, cryptid of a movie that is pure evil incarnate. Like the way people talked about it, it was people called it like, like uh, I, I got to pull some of these up because I, I, I have them here and people just hated it. Um, th- people referred to it as a, a nauseating concoction filled with potty humor and product placements. Um People I mean, refer product placements not wrong. Yeah, is- I mean it's kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> avoid this movie like the plague. Uh, file under what the hell were they thinking? Um, yeah, it's. It- <laughs> 
people just really didn't like it. Like there's whole like exposés on how absolutely horrible this movie is and and how nothing in it is in, is good and there's no no value to it and stuff like that. And firstly, as you said, it's an Adam Sandler movie. It's, you mm-hmm. know, if you like Adam Sandler comedy, then you're going to enjoy this. Secondly, 2002 when this came out, was that right? 2002? Yeah. yeah. 2002 when this came out, as you said, we have the height of Eminem. We have the the new cats from SNL who are all pushing the envelope. Adam Sandler's uh, rise and, uh, and uh, you know, Blink-182, very popular. Like, it was that kind of period in North American. Yeah, dicks and farts were funny. Yeah. Like, and and are and and so the the and then on top of that watching the movie people say oh well this holiday movie is not very cheery and this is not very but at at its core it's a story about a broken man who finds his heart again through the holidays through the holidays yeah you know like that's it's what a wonderful is, life about a guy killing himself about to kill himself <laughs> It's it's like, a it's a um uh, uh, or it wait is, whatever Christmas movie that is I don't know it's it's a movie of at, at at its core about one of the most hallmark stories of holidays that exist you know like it's it I don't understand how people don't find some gleam of of humanity in this story that is obviously bombastic far fetched abrasive potty humor whatever. But they, they, people said there's no redeemable qualities in it. And I, I was like, well, I, I watched it and I thought, wow, this is just a little bit more heart than I remember it having. And then I looked at the reviews and people made it seem like this movie was, you know. A, yeah, like it did a home invasion on it and took everything <laughs> yeah, like, to love. It's like, it's, it's insane. Um, now, with again, with that being said, with the context of the early aughts, and the humor that was popular there and all this stuff, there are, if you're going to watch it again, some scenes where there are some slurs used and things like that that have not aged well. But overall, you know, this movie is no more grotesque than 40-year-old virgin, virgin, 40-year-old virgin, yeah. uh, 40-year-old virgin or super bad or... Yeah. I mean, it's no know, worse than any of, you know, anything that Adam Sandler did in the 90s. And in fact, it's even... It's less worse because it's an it's a cartoon. It's not real. Well, I like, think that's where one of the problems came was because it was marketed as, as something for kids, but it wasn't a kids comedy. If they had marketed it as an adult comedy, which at the time didn't really exist, I feel like it would have been received better. Right. And because you have adult comedies, another movie that has come along in the past ten years, uh, Sausage Party, which is just one big euphemism for having sex. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I don't understand. I think it was because of the way it was marketed and because of of the, con- the kind of like uh, climate of anti uh, Sandler type comedy, anti um, crude humor. Uh, I think that there was just a divide there. But it, really, a lot of critics panned this, like avoid it like the plague. Like, come on. As a kid, as a young kid, laughed at it, watched it again, had a couple laughs, definitely hasn't aged well in some senses, but has aged great in others. Um, and but at the heart of it, it's a holiday movie. And um yeah. 
Yeah, like I don't know. It's, I mean, it, it hits all the tropes of yeah. It's just a you know an angry old just curmudgeon who you know hates the holidays. Which in this case, he is very justified in his reason for hating the holidays. Yeah, and you know, he, and he you know he threw you know a bunch of ridiculous circumstances. He finds his uh, way and, you know, eventually comes together to help people out for the holiday. And, you know, then there's a big old happy sing-along at the end. And it's, it's, it's the Christmas movie to its core. Uh, the Christmas movie formula is so, so easy and generic. Like, like this also hits all the hallmarks of every Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, like, there's uh, a lot here. of Adam so, Sandler in, in and the movie. Adam Sandler movie tropes. Very Jewish. Very Jewish. Uh lots of basketball, which Adam Sandler balls. Yeah, he can ball. Life. That dude can ball like for real, for real. That dude can play basketball like like he's real good at it. I've seen the videos yeah. of him like playing on a set of uncut gems and just like washing people. Like he's real oh, yeah. good. He also just like pulls up to like courts, like in cities like LA or like New York and just like starts balling with like the locals. And people are just like, dude, I just got crossed up by Adam Sandler. And it's not like he's in good shape. And he like pulls up in like Adidas gym shorts and like a polo shirt on. He's, he looks like a dude that just like stole a banana. He's from a he dresses store. like a juggalo at gym class, dude. Like that's how he dresses. Yeah. His shorts are like yeah, below his knees. They're huge. Yeah, he, fat he, kid in gym class. Yeah, energy. he dresses like uh, he dresses like um. Oh my goodness, what's his name? Director. Uh, oh, had a heart attack. Oh, Kevin Smith. Yeah, he dresses like Kevin Smith used to dress. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're, and you're right. It's it's it. This is a very very um very a lot of Adam Sandler himself is in this, and well, even the like the trope. All all Adam Sandler movies, all throughout the history of time, have the trope of him, you know, getting a girl that's obviously way too good for him. In this movie, it kind of has a sentimental because the voice actor of you know his woman that's too good for him is literally his wife yeah and like in this movie so it's like it's like he kind of just did this to like make an animated movie with his friends because all the voice acting it's all either like that's, friends i mean that's what he does him. he just makes yeah. these movies with his friends and is like we're just gonna have a good time and screw around and if people like it then they like our comedy then that's great. And, you know, you could look at the stats on Netflix because he had Adam Sandler had some ridiculous Netflix deal. And he put oh, out yeah, a bunch of these movies. Four movies for a quarter million dollars or quarter billion. Yeah. And so yeah. he makes these movies and they're the most watched things on Netflix for weeks after they come out. You know, like people say, oh, Adam Sandler. But there's something to be said for the guy when he's actually doing this. He's putting up numbers. People say, oh, you know, and I'm not a big fan of his more recent work, although Hubie Halloween was kind of funny. Um, but like a couple of the stuff that he's put out, it's it's just kind of his him and his friends screwing around making jokes. And yeah. I may have kind of grown out of that sense of humor sometimes. And so it didn't resonate as much with me, but he's still putting up numbers on the board. He's still mm -hmm. blowing out these movies for Netflix. So you can't say there aren't millions of people that mess with him through all of this. I mean, for me, Adam Sandler is very hit or miss. 
Um, yeah. And has always been, but I, I just, I feel like this movie is unjustly hated um, because it's a, if it's a holiday movie at its core. It's a lot of Adam Sandler's personal self put into it. And it's, of course, it's, it's like, you know, uh, abrasive potty humor, whatever. And it's got some, you know, some, some stuff in it that isn't, hasn't aged well, but overall, like, you know, I don't think it's as bad as people say it is. And I actually had a good time watching it because I just turned my brain off and was like, Hey, let's just watch this thing that I used to watch with my friends in their basement when I was 13 and see if I find it as funny as I did then. And I had, a, I had a good time watching it. You know, it's, it's, of it is again, not a good movie. Imagine going into an Adam Sandler movie being like, okay, let's 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 really let's really tap into this one now. Let's really get into the mythos of this character. It's just like, are you dumb in the yeah. head? Like, are you deficient? Are you missing parts of your brain? Like Yeah, you can't go into like, it's like it's like going into a you know, going into watching a lot of the like '90s action movies, where it's mm-hmm. like if you really think too hard about it, it all falls apart. But if you're there to watch a muscled men, a muscled man do some crazy thing, or like in the '80s, yeah, you want to watch like, some muscled men kill some Colombian coke dealers, like, or mm-hmm. some, uh, you know, terrorists or whatever. You don't go into watching or- Commando. Going, I really want to see the depth of character in this. You go into it because it yeah. starts with Arnold Schwarzenegger carrying a whole tree. Yeah. And then from there on, he just beats everyone's ass. That's why you watch it. So you don't watch an yeah. Adam Sandler movie to go, <laughs> I'm looking for the for the layers and depth in all the things that are yeah. happening. You go because you want to hear Adam Sandler go, I'm Adam Sandler. And, yeah, you know, you're not going to watch You Don't Mess With The Zohan to really get into the psyche of a former Mossad agent. You know, you're not going to do that. You're going to watch Munich. Okay, yeah. that's what you're going to do. And and so no, I don't even. You're gonna I, watch him do stupid haircuts and make stupid accents. It's yeah, it's gonna be hilarious. It's, it's. I mean, a lot of comedians have that kind of thing. Like you look at people like Mike Myers, or you look at a lot of the people from SNL, or in that kind of generation, or the generation just above it. In that period of time, we're making these kind of movies that were just like, what if we took this idea we have for a bit. And we just run with it. And then we improvise the rest of it and screw around and make some story. Right. And a lot of those kind of comedy movies have died out. Like, I feel like we're going through kind of a dip in comedy right now because in the, in the aughts and the early, in the early 2010s, you had kind of the Judd Apatow reign of comedy and he well, was, yeah, that whole thing of like the Judd Apatow thing. And then like, uh, all of like the sort of like indie comedies that came out like that where people are like, Oh, comedies for smart people. And it's like, well, what about the comedies for dumb people? Well, I mean, like, I don't want to get too deep into it, but I, I think that part of the thing is that people are worried about uh, offending people now. And I don't think it's the comedians. I think it's the studios that, that there's a lot more worry about putting out something like super bad now than there is about putting than there was about putting it out then because ar- around then 
there was a naivete around around the subjects and stuff like that. But there was also uh, a realization that that a joke about something doesn't necessarily endorse it. You know what I mean? There's a yeah, but there's a context for a joke. Bad. They're high school students, and that's how seventeen year olds talk. <laughs> yeah, like seventeen year olds in two thousand five weren't socially conscious. Seventeen okay? year olds today aren't. Remember last year when we played Call of Duty? Remember some of the things those kids would say? It hasn't changed. Man. I mean, yeah. Well, that's that's just the Call of Duty realm. But like Yeah, well, it's not even just on Call of Duty. It's it's everywhere. Teenagers are still teenagers. Um, and even though we are as a society uh developing, you know, ways of being more caring and understanding. I think DC Zamero said it best. You can joke about whatever you want so long as you're not malicious. So long as you're the the intent behind the joke isn't to harm, it's to make people laugh. There are ways that you can joke about anything. I'm probably butchering the. Well, that's why Adam Sandler gets away with ev- everything he's done. I because I don't think Adam Sandler's been mean in any movie ever. He's like, kind of mean in this movie. You know, not his dra- dramas, like, but like he's the way he's like you like calling it like fatty. Like he's cl- this is clearly a joke. <laughs> like yeah. And like he's doing a voice, like if, like if you came across like the Billy Madison character in real life, and some man child was saying something stupid to you, you'd be like, "This is the wildest man I've ever encountered." Bless, bless your heart, dude. But I'm gonna keep moving. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's it's one of those things. Like to a degree, I can understand how people would watch it and be like, "Oh, this I don't like this." Um, but at the same yeah. time, I feel like people have a bit of uh, r- uh, what they feel is righteous ig- indignation towards things that they mm-hmm. don't even that they haven't even seen or they don't really put the context to. Um, and so with that being said, if you watch this movie, as I said before, there are some parts in it. It's, it's not a kid's movie. Don't watch it with your kids. It's not a kid's movie. Um, and and I don't know why they advertise. Nor it is such. any Adam Sandler movie safe. We're probably the, the Hotel Transylvania series. Yeah. You can probably watch that with your kids. Um, it's a great series. But uh, let's talk about the movie a bit. Let's set it up. Eight Crazy Nights, or also known as Adam Sandler's Eight Crazy Nights, 2002 American adult animated comedy film directed by Seth Kearsley, produced, co-written, and starring Adam Sandler in his first voice acting role. Um, Rob Schneider, uh, Jackie Titone. Is that his wife or was wife? Uh, yes, uh, uh, is his wife. Yes. It's still his wife. Wonderful. Yes. Uh, Austin Stout uh, and a myriad of other characters that we'll get to later that's really funny. Some of the brands that come alive in the mall mm-hmm. are voiced by some of the most insane people. I love it. Um, the uh, animation style is reminiscent of early television co- holiday specials. And uh, it was the first real Hanukkah uh, uh, it centers on Jewish characters going through Hanukkah season. Um, it's the Happy Madison Productions' first animated film, and um, yeah, it came out and didn't even make its money back, and received a lot of negative reviews. A lot of people mm-hmm. review bombed it and had a lot of horrible, awful things to say. Uh, but I, you know, 
again, I feel like giving eight crazy nights this much shit and not being mad at 40 year old virgin or super bad or, uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall or, you know, like there's so many of these movies that came out after the fact where it's literally like, Oh, there's a dick. You know, or like it's like mm-hmm. the, somebody, oh, somebody's uh, can't bang his wife because he's scared of a vagina or something One like that. One, what I just kind of thought of, what I, I just had this thought now is how everybody like praised like Chris Farley for how over the top and like crazy he was, yet lovable he is, despite being a giant piece of shit. But, like, Adam Sandler is that, and he's not a piece of shit. So why do people hate his movie so much? Again, I think it's one of these things where people have this righteous indignation for something that they don't really know about. They're just going with what a lot of people say. You know what yeah, I mean? Because, like, because like Chris that, Farley is so heavily praised. And it's like, this he's from that exact group of Adam Sandler, David Spade, him, uh, fucking Norm MacDonald, like... Uh, like that's even Norm Macdonald was hated his entire career. And then as soon as he dies, people are like, you know what? He was one of the best. And it's like, oh, really? Because you didn't understand any of his yeah, and jokes you, now. And you like, black when Adam him Sandler dies, people are gonna be like, you know what? His he movies was really, in the 90s was probably the greatest run of comedy. He was a genius. Like, and well, there is a, a large proponent of people who really love him and stuff like that. Again, you have to look at the context of when the films are made. Yeah. You have to look at the context of comedy at the time. There's mm-hmm. so many things. And I feel like as with everything, people see somebody's review on the internet or people read what people are talking about on Facebook or Tumblr or Twitter or whatever. And they formulate ideas without like knowing the full context text of things and now i want to be very clear this doesn't excuse people from acting like assholes you should be called out if you do something fucked up but i think that knowing the context of things and understanding stuff and looking at things through uh you know a rational eye rather than just getting angry at stuff and being like oh this says seems like this movie is some says something that is upset the you know some hot some whatever hot hot topic thing oh so and so the character is is misogynistic or whatever and everybody gets Mm -hmm. mad and it's like well like you said in this movie davy is a piece of shit he's uh, and with reason he hates the holidays because i'm not i'm gonna spoil it because i don't care because his parents died (laughs) on the first night of hanukkah when he was like 13 and he went to foster homes and then became an alcoholic. You know what I mean? Like he's not a good person and that's the point. Now, do I think that some of the words that they use could have aged out? Yes. But do I think the idea behind him being a bad person is needs to be squeaky clean. You can't, you said this to me, evil can't be woke. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a bad person cannot be good. A bad character cannot be understanding and good and whatever, because that undermines the whole point of it. It undermines how can you show someone is truly evil without showing them do truly evil things. But now we live in a time where in the new Mike Myers movie, uh, Mike Myers kills to a gay couple 
And people are like, is Mike Myers homophobic? Bro, he's a killer. <laughs> he kills everybody. It, it, like that was a real thing. Twitter was like, Mike Myers homophobic? Question mark. Why? Because he killed some people. He killed a gay couple. Yeah, like he killed them. He also killed straight people. He killed men, women. He, he kills whoever he wants to kill because he's evil, yeah. dog. Like, it's, what do you not get about it? Remember the time when he killed his family? Yeah, like. <laughs> Un unbelievable unbelievable and i think that that's something that again as i said there are parts of this film where i i definitely was like <sighs> but then there were parts of it where i was like well this isn't as bad as people make it seem make it out to be you know what i mean like yeah. oh people were like oh the deer the deer lick the poop off the guy the frozen poop on on the guy on whitey they lick the that's so disgusting i'm like have you seen any comedy since this movie yeah th th this that wasn't that bad <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> like, it's, I, don't, it's, I don't get it's it really not that bad like like i don't know and like even so, like even some of the parts are like charming like even when like whitey like him and like his sister they're just kind of like small oafy kind of dummies and like it's it's charming and it's like you wouldn't get that in like live action and like it makes like like them yeah. being kind of like they're they're caricatures of like just old people that are like homebodies and it's like i get it and then like but then also you know yeah there's a deer shooting shit out of its ass outside um, yeah <laughs> and you know isn't that the dichotomy of life it, it kind of is and and you know again i'm I want to be clear that we're, we're, we're talking about, I feel like I can speak for both Otis and I, when I say there is a line where certain things, comedy is, can become malicious. Yeah. And I don't feel like in this movie, any of it was malicious. Maybe it was tone deaf or maybe it was of the time but I don't feel at any point in this movie that anything is meant to be viscerally malicious comedy. It's just kind of situational, you know, contextual comedy from the time. Um, some of it has aged out, but I don't think that this is like someone getting on stage and ripping on somebody who's disabled or whatever like there's a, a story yeah, it's not a michael him. richards moment yeah uh, you know what i mean for sure. like you know? i think and i think again this is what we're talking about that like uh or one of the bones that i have to pick with this is that people were so mad about this movie but we're totally fine with all of the other movies that came after the fact the r-rated uh you know um judd apatow or movies and all the stuff that happened in the in the 2000s late 2000s early 2010s um and you know um i think that that it's i just don't think that it's as the the, the criticism the vitriol is as warranted on this film on this film as people make it out to be it is a movie you put on you laugh at get stoned you check out and it's at the end of the day, a story of redemption and a holiday, a Hallmark holiday mm -hmm. film. But yeah, it's got some stuff in it. That's stupid. Like Whitey has hair all over his ass. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? There's, like there's songs. It's it's a musical essentially throughout. And some of them are hilarious. I think like the technical foul song, I love that song. That's a technical foul. Yeah. I've, I've had that song stuck in my head for two decades almost. Um it's and it's you know, it's I think again, like uh, this again goes back to whether you like Adam Sandler comedy or not. Uh, yes. And whether you understand what his comedy is, I'm just having fun with my friends. And he he's really is like the rock of comedy. Like he's not playing. Well, I guess like that Adam Sandler character is him, like the dumb sort of man child sort of thing. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, The Rock has his action character of him just being, like, you know, the most badass guy that has yeah, the best one-liners all the time. It's, like, it's the same thing. You just have to buy into the person. And then it's, like, if you're not into it, then don't watch it. Like, there's yeah. a million other people. If you want to watch Paul Giamatti drink wine and be like, ha ha, yes, humor, go ahead. And, and I don't know why I always go to sideways, but as my reference of that, but you know what? <laughs> Paul I like sideways. It's a great movie. <laughs> but um, so no. I mean that's our rant on the whole, you know, the thing about this film is da-da-da-da-da. And I I you know, I I hasten to again a lot of the stuff that or there are things in this film that have aged out. Um, but as someone who has studied film and who oh, yeah. believes all the Rob Schneider things have aged yeah, out. They've Rob all aged Schneider out. as his existence has, has aged, aged out. out. Yeah. Rob Let's Schneider. Be serious. Um, we should retroactively just go and remove Rob Schneider. But, we but should. you know, the, and then there's some lines and some jokes that are a little bit iffy and whatever for people who, uh, who, who may, you know, they may not like it now that's aged out or whatever, but overall, you know, I don't think that this is any worse than 40 year old virgin or, um, or, and I'm glad you brought up the whole, there's literally a scene where they're saying, you know how I know you're gay. Oh, you know, like that's like a five minute scene. Uh, and, and the movie is as ridiculous and abrasive and, and gross and whatever. But for some reason, that movie, which isn't even animated, is is given a pass. But there are people who hate mm-hmm. all of this dumb Adam Sandler movies that he made where the humor hasn't really changed. It's still the same kind of yeah. poop jokes and 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 potty jokes and whatever. And and and, you know, jokes about being Jewish and what it, like you know what I mean, like and. Yeah. But some reason everybody, especially this, like all got together with their pitchforks and were like, "This movie k- killed my dog." You know, like it was like, yeah, I don't. Know. And there's like, there's so many good messages actually in this movie. Like, there's anti-bullying like segment where he helps the kid like overcome the guys that were actually the bullies from his past, and. That's a, that's also a funny thing that I thought was hilarious is how they animated the bullies like in a flashback. They also still have like the same bandanas and like piercings that they have like thirty like twenty years later as adults. I and just, I mean, there's I just love the, the joy of the whole story, the whole Whitey uh, getting the patch story. 
and how he yeah. risks his life and risks imprisonment again because he wants to go back and do right by somebody who saw good in him and really was trying to help him grow. And he speaks to the whole town and says, look at all this stuff that you've done for this guy that you've pretty much taken for granted and you've, mm-hmm. you've used him and abused him. And now he's going to, and now you've made him feel like he's worthless like I did and I can't abide by it. And it's, it's a really good message about, uh, you know, being good to the people that are good to your community and growing yourself from being and realizing the things that you did wrong and the whole story about alcoholism and like this movie watching it again was a lot darker than I remembered. Um, but it also had a lot more heart in the end. Cause when you watch it, when yeah. you're younger, you're like, Oh, ha ha, you know, porta potty. Yeah, now you just he's remember for, the silly parts, you just remember yeah. the silly parts, but now you're, but, but watching it as an adult and this whole thing about him, his parents, him having the miracle game on the first night of Hanukkah and, and coming back and winning it for the families who have supported them. And then him immediately after finding out his parents died instantly in a car accident and leaving and going into foster home for the rest of his teenage years, which led into him being a a raging alcoholic and, and degenerate. Like that's sad because that really happens you know, like there's a, a level of reality to this that I think probably people saw when they were young, when or when it first came out when they were younger, well, they would have been younger than they are now. But when mm-hmm. adults saw it at the time, they were like, whoa, holy shit, because there is this kind of through line of real tough. It's not like a Christmas problem. It's a problem that this dude has that's made worse at, at the holidays. Um and then he has to go through it and, and, you know, yes, it's obnoxious and over the top and all that stuff, but like, it's an animated movie. It's not meant to be, uh, yeah. based in, in, in things being realistic, like deers that help him push the car when he yeah. gets, when he gets stuck, like that's not real, but you know yeah. what? It adds to the holiday flavor of it. And, you know, I just think that there's, and then the ending when he comes and they give him the the patch and everybody gives their patch to him for, uh, for all that he's done and all the stuff. And then he has the, he has the seizure and he says, this is the happiest seizure of my life. And then it ends. I just thought that was really, it's silly, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's cute and it's heartwarming. And I mean, it has all the, 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 thematic elements of uh, any other uh, holiday movie. Um, mm-hmm. It just, I don't know. I didn't think it was watching it again. Now I saw a lot more depth to it that I, I thought, wow. And maybe it's because f- film has gotten a little bit more. Uh, there's a lot more movies recently that are, are dealing with like kind of the harshness of reality. Yeah. And that maybe now it's a little bit more like, oh, wow, because in the past 10 years, you've had movies that are literally like, hey, this is a movie about being a transgendered person in Flor- in Florida and how hard it is. Or here's a movie about uh, you, you finding out that you have a 50-50 chance of living and you might, you have cancer and you're going to die. You have to come to terms with it. Like more of that has kind of come out in film since this came out, mm-hmm. which maybe makes it 
different experience. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just. I don't know. The landscape of definitely comedy films has definitely shifted for sure. Um, and like, I don't know. Like you still find like you can still find really fucking ridiculous uh, comedy movies. Like all the the Lonely Island movies are hilarious. Like uh, fucking Hot Rod. That movie's never hilarious. Stopped. What's it called? The never stupid as shit. Uh, Pop star. Pop star. Yeah is so fucking funny. It is one of the funniest movies ever. And there's such, like, over-the-top shit, like... And, like, nobody saw that movie for some reason. I think because they really poorly marketed it as, like, a parody of the Justin Bieber movie. Yeah. When really it's more of a parody of, like, the music industry and pop music in general. Um... And it's really fantastic. Um, like, yeah, no, there's great comedies, but yeah, I don't think, yeah, the Adam, like the whole Adam Sandler things, like, because Jim Carrey doesn't make movies anymore. Fucking Mike Myers doesn't make movies anymore. Like, a lot of those kings that were making all a lot of the over the top shit aren't doing that anymore, save for Adam Sandler, who's just been steadily being silly for 20 plus years like mm. and just being the chillest dude possible in gym shorts like i don't know he's i, I truly admire he's adam eat, sandler he's eating he's out in the streets of new york eating pickles uh yeah, walking around playing just, baseball he's just living his life and look as i said for me adam sandler some of his movies hit some of them miss uh and but i have a soft spot for a lot of his 90s comedies and early 2000s comedies and you know and some of the stuff that's come out in the past 10 years or whatever some of it is great some of it is not as great but you know what like i have respect for him for doing what he wants to do and 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 continually proving that there's an audience for his type of humor in the face mm-hmm. of critics saying this guy should retire. He's a piece of garbage. He's whatever. And that vendetta is like, it's only now slightly changing because of uncut gems. Like, I feel like wow. uncut gems was him pretty much being like, Hey, guess what? I can dunk on all you idiots. Like, <laughs> like I can, I can, yeah. I can do this and I'm going to be a character that's so at well acted that you have to respect me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you hate him in that movie. He's so good. And yeah. I, th- yeah. Well, Adam Sandler, he's really, he really has just leveled up. Like, he's fantastic. Well, yeah. In Uncut Gems, he's absolutely amazing. Should have won the Oscar. Uh, in Marwitz Stories, he was great. In Punch was, Drunk he Love, he was nominated for, oh, yeah. Punch Drunk Love. Can't, you cannot awesome. also talk about English is a pretty decent movie for like the dramedy type thing. Funny people would be a really fucking good movie if Judd Apatow could figure out how, how to fucking write a third act to save his fucking life and make a movie <laughs> that's not three hours. Yeah. Me and Brian, the, the first director of Snowblinded, talk about this all the time. How Judd Apatow, if he could just learn how to finish a movie, like write a third act and just wrap shit up instead of it just meander all his movies just meander at the end yeah and it's just like if you could just wrap it up and get it going 
he could really like funny people could have been really fucking well the first funny. i would say the first like half of funny people is yeah amazing and movie. then the second half just drags it's just it's, like, it's not I get it. really he has cancer and he thinks he's dying and it's yeah. supposed to be but like it shouldn't drag i shouldn't feel like i have cancer watching this yeah um yeah i forgot about punch drunk love punch drunk love is an amazing movie and i'm sure at some point we will talk about punch drunk love and we will talk about uncut gems because both movies were incredible and adam sandler was incredible in both of those movies um Mm -hmm. for for real like incredible work from him and and um yeah he should have he should have won it would have been crazy if he won. I don't, think he, he, won I don't think he was nominated. For I don't Academy. think he was. I think he thought there was like a thing to get him nominated. But I mean, he's been he's done so many movies. Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, The Waterboy. We didn't even talk about The Waterboy. The Wedding Singer, great movie. Uh, Big Daddy, Mr. Deeds, Fifty First Dates, The Longest Yard, Click, Grown Ups, just, um, just Go With It, Grown Up Two, oh, yeah. Blended, that Murder been the Mystery. Year fucking- yeah, so yeah, he should have been nominated. You're telling me he's you're telling me the Joker was better than him. Off. Also, how did the Joker win? And that's that. I, I honestly forgot he won that. Fuck that. Oh yeah, and then and then the he was also in Rain Over Me, Spanglish, Funny People. Um, he was in Punch Drunk Love, Paul Thomas Anderson. He was, yeah, Meyerowitz stories, Bomb Box, uh, fam- family, uh, uh, drama, st- dramedy, it's his comedy. Robert Altman take, I guess. Yeah. Of that. Uh, uncut gems, all the stuff. Like he's been in so, so many movies and he's done, had huge. And he was Hotel Transylvania. He was Dracula. He's he's been in so many things. Now, are are some of them or or uh, quite a few of them just silly, dumb comedy movies? Yes, absolutely. But you gotta you gotta respect the Sandman. Yeah, you gotta respect well, the Sandman. Yeah. That's that's a Bird Protocol. Uh, that's a dispatch from the Bird Protocol. Uh, uh, that, that that's one of the protocols is to yeah. never disrespect the sand. You gotta respect. Never, that's ever. one of the protocols. I like that. We're gonna start using that. One of the protocols: never disrespect the Sandman. You know that dude's worked his ass off, and you know he look. He's made more than two mil. His his Hollywood films have combined to earn more than two billion dollars at the box office. He's. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah and that's comedy comedy doesn't make money at the box office so like crazy like that's a lot like you know although you know that's 40 movies but like still that's you know that's a lot that's a lot of comedy and you know you gotta respect me because he's one of the last like bastions of people that are just making stupid comedies for the sake of being like Oh, this doesn't have any underlying, you know, social commentary about anything. No, this is a stupid movie about a stupid guy going to get into some stupid misadventures and you're going to laugh. Yeah. Might be for the whole family, might be just for you and the boys. And some of them, some of them, I'm going to keep it real. Some of them can be left behind, in my opinion. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, there's a couple yeah. of his films like like the the what's it called uh the bo- one where he has the that's my boy and jack and jill and 
Yeah, uh, yeah, those can. Yeah, go. Those, those can go. Well, but there's you know a what? lot. Grown ups, grown ups too, dude. Sit down on a Sunday, eat 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 a fucking hot dog and some fries, cheeseburger. Watch those movies. Yeah, it's or a good day. You know, there's some real nostalgia with Happy Gilmore, the wedding singer. You oh, know, any yeah. of any of his stuff from from the Water Boy. You know, Fifty First States, Waterfall. an incredible movie to watch on a date. <laughs> you know, like, like, yeah, re- dude, okay, again. Water boy, how do we not talk about water? Water boy, water the, sucks. It, it really, it really, really sucks. Mama, always tell me nothing better than a good old cup of high quality H two O. Yeah, Gatorade. <laughs> like, there's so many good things. Like, I could just sit here and just like quote that movie. Like, my mom always said, like. Uh, and now, of course, football the devil. Now, of course, you know we're talking about Adam Sandler, how? But we should finish talking about uh, eight crazy nights. Uh, mm-hmm. Eight crazy nights named after the eight nights in Hanukkah. The movie is about uh, a small town, Dukesbury, New Hampshire. It's fictional; doesn't exist. Davy Stone. He's a 33 year old Jewish alcoholic. He's a criminal. He's a troublemaker. And the community really doesn't like him. But they really don't like him at Christmas because at Christmas he becomes, or holiday season, Hanukkah, Christmas, he becomes insufferable. Uh, And the movie starts with him refusing to pay a bill at a a Chinese restaurant, um, making, jokingly making love to his car uh, when he's trying to drive home drunk and gets caught caught uh he evades the police and then destroys the ice sculptures in the center of town the festive ice sculptures and for this he gets taken to court and the judge says well you've been doing all this stuff for so long uh you should get 10 years in prison in prison but this guy whitey duvall who's also voiced by adam sandler a small hairy um one of his legs bigger than the other a uh, guy who is uh, the former referee from Davies Basketball League suggests that Davy becomes a uh, does community service and he becomes a referee in training for the youth basketball league. And pretty much from there on, it's Davy being a absolute jerk. Um, yeah, and Whitey trying to teach him, you know, the meaning of the holiday season, and you know, yeah. And then as it goes that's on, really it. And that's really it. And as it goes on, you have Whitey trying to help him and Davey disrupting. Uh, he, he makes fun of an obese basketball player on one of the teams at the first game. Um, he, you know, uh, they go to the mall together and Davey steals a bunch of peanut brittle. And, uh, and he also, you know, just complains the whole time and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he's just a he's miserable a dick. dick the whole and time. It's, yeah. and, 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 and it's them going back and forth and then the humor, um, you know, he, after, after Whitey finds out Davey stole the peanut brittle, he says, uh, I'll tell the judge if you commit another crime. Um, the, uh, uh, various ways that Whitey keeps encouraging Davy to do well uh, are are met by Davy being a jerk, which includes him 
locking him in a porta potty and throwing the porta potty down a hill. And then when Whitey gets out covered in Classic. poop, he sprays him with water, which causes him to freeze into a uh, poopsicle, I guess you would call it. Um, we're yeah, talking real highbrow he... comedy here, guys. And then doesn't he melt him off with a fart? No, he the, the, the deer come and lick him. Uh, and then the deer have the poop in their mouth when they're smiling. Again, Adam Sandler comedy. High yeah, highbrow. Um, anyway, as it goes on, you start seeing Davy becoming a little bit nicer. Uh, he helps the son of his former former flame uh, play some yeah. basketball, and they beat these guys who are bullies. And then one of they the guys absolutely dunk on these dudes. Yeah, by the way, they, they 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 run up on him. It's it's crazy. And then uh, and one, and then um, the when Davy gets home, his trailer gets burned down by one of the guys who he beat in the basketball game, and um, he runs in to rescue a card, a Hanukkah card from his which, parents. Which can I stop? Which yeah is an incredibly felonious crime. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is arson. <laughs> and somehow everyone's... This, this is the movie, the joys of movies, but everyone's still like, Davey's such a dick. It's like, this dude just burned his fucking home down. And you're yeah. not going to do anything about <laughs> and that it's guy, not even, are you? And it's not even because the it's this dude just burnt his home down because Davey... Because he got Davey, dunked on. Because <laughs> Davey helped some kid get over his shyness. Yeah. And was teaching him how to play basketball. But you know what? Screw Davey. He can, he, he deserves it all anyway. <laughs> so then because of this, Davy has to go and live with Whitey and his diabetic twin sister, Eleanor. They, their house has a lot of rules, technical foul. That's the technical foul song. And Davy seemingly follows them and starts to turn his life around. Um, but then Whitey recalls what happened to Davy, why he uh, is the way that he is about his parents dying and and all that stuff, and uh, and, and then, then he spirals again. He spirals down and he binge drinks and breaks into a closed mall, and then he's drunk and he's imagining all the logos of the stores coming to life, and they confront him about the uh, the truth of the matter, his inability to grieve for his parents, um, which is the source of his alcoholism, and uh, finally opens the Hanukkah card, which has a message praising him for being such a good son and a good person and, and wishes that he never changes the way that he is. And then he has a breakdown. He cries. He comes to terms with his loss. The cops arrest him, but he escapes. Uh, and then he, the bus gets stopped. Um, and he decides to go back from the bus, find Whitey and make amends, which leads to him, uh, finding out that at the all-star banquet, that's what it's called the all-star patch, uh, yeah. that they don't give uh, the all-star patch to Whitey, who has wanted it for 35 years. He's been doing all this community work and stuff like that. Yeah. And so uh, Davey walks in and and uh, and um, risks arrest and risks being taken to jail to tell everybody uh, how how much Whitey's done and how many contributions yeah. selflessly he's made to this the town, and um, he everyone goes. Agrees. And everyone agrees. Everyone agrees. Like, yeah, this dude absolutely slaps. This guy's a fucking you know he's a pillar of the community, and, and you know we've just overlooked him, and now 
thanks to Davey and his belligerence and his willingness to speak up against authority figures, you know, he, he eventually, you know, uh, influences the people to do what's right and, you know, uh, acknowledge one of the pillars of their community and somebody that's helped all their children and themselves in small little whitey, good old whitey. And Boom. yeah, he has his happiest seizure of his life. And then the movie ends. And of course the movie is filled with gags and jokes. And, you know, I don't, I don't, when we do the comedy ones, I find it hard to, hard to, to talk about the gags and stuff like that because, you know, everybody has a different sense of humor. Um, but the yeah. movie at its core is a story about a, uh, bah humbug, cur- curmudgeon, broken man who through meeting these people who really, really want him to be better and through, through kind of coming to terms with his alcoholism and his past and all this stuff, he winds up becoming the savior for the person who saved him. And he winds up making good in his community and making good with himself. And he says, if I'm going to go to jail, go to jail. You know, I I have to do this one good thing for someone who did something good for me. I can't be this person my whole life. And he does. And that's an incredibly real story when you add into the stuff about him being in foster homes and having to deal with, um, you know, the, uh, the, the, the alcoholism and the death of his parents and everything. There's like some real shit in this. Um, which is why I say it's not a, uh, it's not a movie for kids. I don't watch this with your kids, but, um, but there's some real heart in it. I mean, it's, of course, it's an animated movie and it's got songs. There's, there's mm-hmm. parts of it that are, are just over the top and stupid. But, you know, I think that there's a little bit more to it than what critics made it out to be, I guess. But yeah. I don't and then know. over the credits, it ends with Adam Sandler's beloved Chanika song. Yeah. You know? Uh, and, oh, I guess we should say some of the, the uh, Adam Sandler plays both uh, are all he plays Davy Stone, Whitey Duvall and Eleanor Duvall. Um, and uh, and Jackie. And oh, yeah. And a deer. And Jackie Titone plays Jennifer, the old classmate and formal former flame of Davy. Um, and uh, there's a couple other. Uh, characters that are in here but uh, the thing that I think that's super funny uh, well John Lovitz has a cameo as the hook-handed coach Tom Baltazar um, Kevin when, Neal as the mayor Rob yeah, Kevin, Schneider as all the racist voices well it's just the narrator and Mr. Chang um, but yeah. Mr. Chang is that that is pretty much the only racist voice in it and I they could have not done that. They could have just got Rob Schneider really, really like banks on the fact that he's like a quarter, like I think he's like Filipino or something, and he really takes that to the bank. He's like, yeah, I, I this is why I get to do this voice, and and it's like, but. Uh, yeah that's one of the things in the movie that i was like i don't mind the like poop jokes and whatever but there's like one or two things in the movie that i wish that they would would have taken out and that's there's a couple kind of like homophobic slurs and then and then rob schneider as the chinese restaurant manager 
Those are the two things where I was like, if those were out of here, I would be completely fine to say that this is totally fine to watch. Uh, but I can see how people would be like, yeah, this is, this doesn't, doesn't check. But I mean, again, context, this was made in 2002 folks, you know, it's, it was a different time, different sense of humor, different cultural context. Um, that doesn't mean that it's okay. It's just, that's the way it was. Right. Um, and, uh, but then (laughs) the one that I like is, uh, that a bunch of people from the, uh, specifically that when the characters come to life in his intervention song, when he's drunk in the mall, um, you have Tyra Banks as the Victoria's secret gown. You have, um, uh, 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 Dylan and Cole Sprouse as KB Toys soldiers. If Carl Weathers as the GNC bottle, <laughs> Carl Weathers, uh, Peter Dante, who you may know as Dante through um, Grandma's Boy, Grandma's Boy, and and other uh, Happy Madison. Yeah, um, and Alan Cover, who plays the main character in Grandma's Boy, also co-wrote this movie as well. Yeah. Also a staple of the Happy Madison Productions team. Yeah. And then uh, Chris Farley's brother, Kevin Farley. He's one of the characters. Uh, Ellen Rose Albertini Dow, uh, who was the rapping grandmother Rosie in The Wedding Singer. She plays uh, the Seas Candies box. There's just some other people who show up. Um I just think it's funny. <laughs> I think it's funny that Carl Weathers is the GNC model. <laughs> I don't know. Like Tyra Banks is randomly the Victoria's Secret gown. That's wild. I mean, that makes sense. She's it makes probably... sense. I mean, it's 2002. It's height. It's it's top peak Tyra. You know, <laughs> peak Tyra. Peak Tyra. Um, so in the end, you know what? I think that I wouldn't give this movie. I would say now going back and watching it, obviously a different experience from when I was younger, but you know, going back and watching things that I liked when I was a teenager, sometimes you wind up being like, Ooh, rough. You know what I mean? And when you said, let's do the eight crazy nights, I I was like, sure, let's go back and watch it and see what's up. And uh, you know what? I'm actually kind of pleasantly surprised by the depth and it's follows the holiday formula. I mean, I wish it had a bit more Hanukkah in it. I think that's one of the, there's yeah. not really a lot of Hanukkah in, in it. And I mean, there is, but there isn't, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it yeah. could have been as the only kind of animated Hanukkah movie, you could have put a bit more Hanukkah in there. Um, but overall, I, you know, it was an entertaining watch, pop it in, smoke something or crack a couple beers. If you like Adam Sandler, uh, you know, and I was pleasantly surprised by some of the depth to it and, and by how much I enjoyed the end. I feel like it drags a bit in the middle. Like once this, it sets it up really well. And then there's a kind of period in the kind of second and third fifth of the movie where it's kind of like we get it D- Davy's an asshole you know what I mean like I feel like it was 
uh, there's a little bit there where it dips down and it's just relying on kind of poop humor and, and letting Adam Sandler be a bit of an asshole. But then once it gets towards the end again and it picks up and Davy starts getting better and then you have the him breaking down again and you find out what happened to his parents and then the ending, I thought that that part is really, it picks back up again and you find yourself being like, oh, you know, um, I don't know. What do you think looking back on it now? Um, I mean, I definitely remember laughing a lot more as a kid, but then again, whatever. I, you know, I, you know, this definitely isn't Adam Sandler's greatest work. You know, this isn't the, going to be the one when, you know, you people look at back at his career and go that, 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 that really defined something for me. Um, but it, I, re- I don't know. I have good memories of watching this as a kid, really enjoying it as a kid, and still today watching it, still thinking it's funny. Um, but, and honestly, I would probably rather watch this than most other Christmas movies. Most, all their holiday movies, I'm sorry to people that enjoy them, but they're shit. They're absolute shit. Yeah, a lot of them are kind of uh, tough to watch. I can't. I, it, but I, I like he, that you point out. I like one thing that I do like that you point out is that it, it definitely, I definitely didn't laugh as much as I did when I was a kid watching this. Because yeah. because it is humor for teenage boys and girls. Like it's, it's yeah. you know what I mean? It's It's definitely that kind of humor from that time where, but at the same time, there were parts that I did laugh at in this. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh my God. And I laughed, you know, I laughed to myself. So there were stuff that I still found funny. What I, but what I did enjoy, as I said, is the, that I realized there's a bit more depth to this movie than, um, and I kind of like the reality that, that there's some harsh reality put into it because a lot of Christmas movies are very superficial. You know what I mean? Like the, the problems are very superficial and yeah. It's like Scrooge, you know, Scrooge doesn't like Christmas and then some ghosts come and help him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just, just kind of like, and don't get me wrong. I like Scrooge and I like the story, but like, come on guys. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, like, I don't know. Christmas movies, they're just so, they're either way too fucking happy or they're like the most bummer movies of all time. And it's just like, can't you just like, not like i don't know like like i don't know i think like home alone does pretty good at just being like here's a movie about stupid robbers getting outsmarted by a child and it's like that's good but then even that you kind of break down it's like a whole family forgot their child yeah that's fucked up well and then i think, I think there's they a forgot different- their child enough to do it again another year well, I want. I think I want to delineate something here that there's a difference between a Christmas movie and a movie that happens at Christmas. And I think that there's that whole group of people that say, "Oh, Die Hard's a Christmas movie." I think Die Hard's a Christmas movie because you can watch it at Christmas because it happens at Christmas. Christmas time, a Christmas party is the setting, but it's not about Christmas. It's not about Santa. It's about killing terrorists. There's a very, very delineated difference there. There's, you know what I mean? There's, there's nothing. What are you going to tell me? Like if it was a movie about Santa killing terrorists, I might be like, okay, if he's yeah. kill, Santa's killing terrorists to save Christmas, that that's a Christmas that's, movie. 
but that but Die Hard's a movie that happens at Christmas, just like uh, Home Alone is a movie that happens at Christmas. Christmas is a setting uh, in the time period in which it happens, and there might be. Well, I think. Well, I think it's more it that it's more reliant on a lot of elements of Christmas and like the like you know like what he uses as weapons and stuff like. Yeah, that. I guess and, that's a bad example because it is like. They rely heavily. I on think it, Home Alone's a legit Christmas movie. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's to a degree. I still think I still delineated movies that happen around Christmas or have Christmas involved with them, or are uh, uh, are. Well, here's the thing: if you change Home Alone to any other holiday, you have to drastically rewrite the script. If you change Die Hard from that. You have to change, I don't know, two details, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how hard it would be to change Home Alone to a different holiday. Not not particularly. I mean, you'd have to change the traps. Perhaps to be in winter. Yeah. Personally. But you'd have to change the... the, But I mean, what are you... Like, what? You could change it to Halloween. And, yeah, and, but why would their family leave on Halloween just to? I don't know a business go? trip. They go. They go. Or, yeah, but then on Halloween, people come knocking on your door. Specifically, I guess that's true. Work. That's a bad example. Maybe Easter or something. I don't know. But anyway, I, I get your point. It, Home Alone is more of a Christmas movie than Die Hard. I'm I I accept that, but I just think there's a lot of people who are like, oh, because this movie has anything Christmas in it, it's a Christmas movie, yeah. and I'm here to say that that's not true. Well, that's why whenever somebody says Die Hard, I say, well, I raise you Lethal Weapon because, number one, it's better than Die Hard. And number two, lethal, the Christmas is actually a plot point in the movie. Like, Mel Gibson and Gary Busey fight on top of a Christmas tree on fucking <laughs> Murdoch's fucking front lawn. Well, I it's mean... It's important. It's, it's just as important as, as Christmas is in Die Hard. I mean, all the people are together. All the people are together at Christmas for the Christmas party, which allows them to be caught by the terrorists. You know, if you say, oh, yeah, well, it could be just like a random work party. That's fine. Lethal weapon could happen on any other holiday and they could be fighting in front of different. Yeah, but then you don't get Gary Busey and Mel Gibson entangled in Christmas lights on the front lawn fighting. Yeah, but I mean, it's still Lethal Weapon's a movie that happens at Christmas. It's not a Christmas movie. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> whenever somebody mentions Die Hard, I just mention Lethal Weapon because it's also just a better movie than Die Hard. Die Hard can suck my dick. That's I kind of find that that's a blasphemous thing to say, but I mean, to each their own. I don't like Die Hard. I See, really I love Die Hard. Like so that's Die here. All. You know, that's what happens. Die Hard is though. so boring. That's what happens. People are allowed to have different opinions, different strokes for different folks. I love both the movies, though, so it doesn't. It doesn't even bother me. You being like, "Oh, Lethal Weapon is is better." I'm, I'll watch either of them. I like them both. <laughs> okay. I just Die Hard. I don't like Die. Hard. I think yeah. Die Hard's so fucking stupid. Especially uh, even the newer Die Hard movies suck so bad. It's like, why? Why do you keep doing this to yourself, Bruce? Just stop. Just stop. Yeah, I, I, to me, really, it's only the first three. I mean, Die Hard with a Vengeance. With Sam Jackson, fantastic movie. But we're not talking about Die Hard anymore. Um, anyway, so long story short, Eight Crazy Nights, it's not going to win any awards. It's not going to send no. you into a, a deep uh, a deep ponderance of the things that you've watched. It's not going to change your life in any way. 
Uh, it's an Adam Sandler animated movie, but as we've discussed, feel like it was unjustly uh, uh, in, like torn down uh, maybe a bit. I mean, it's obviously not for everybody, but I feel like people went a little bit far with the hate of the movie and, uh, and it's just a movie to put on <laughs> and have a couple laughs. And if you watched it as a kid, it's worth watching it again as you now that you're a bit older, because some of it will see it's aged out, but some of it you'll find a little bit more depth. Maybe I don't know, um, uh, but it's a protocol now that you have to respect the Sandman. Yeah. So whether whether you feel however you feel about this uh, film or his body of work, you will put respect on his name. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that's, I, I don't really, do you have anything else to add about eight crazy nights? Is there any, eight crazy nights. um, good choice to be an animated movie. Um, you know what movie I wish was an animated movie? I, I wish, don't. I wish love actually was an animated movie. Um, because as a live action movie, that movie is so incredibly fucking tone deaf. And and all over the place, it is such just a mess of a movie. And I know you like Love Actually, and my girlfriend likes that movie, and she showed me it. And that movie just upset me to my core <laughs> in so many ways. Uh, like, firstly, the choice to have all these characters being interconnected. Why? they They don't have to be. They don't have to be. There's such weak lines of connection that I was like, this is this is something that like Robert Altman would think of while taking a shit. Like that's how like fickle the connections were. It was just like, yeah, so that guy's oh, the president. Okay, so you're his sister, I guess. Okay. Um, but and then the porn guy, the friend. And then here's the thing that actually bothers me the most about this movie, more than anything of all the just me random plot lines that really kind of suck in most cases. Um, the only one that is legitimately funny is the Bill Nye one. That's the only funny part of that movie. Uh, the funniest part of the entire movie of Love Actually is at the end where in a post 9-11 airport, a child walks past security and is not, not walked, runs past security, and is chased by security, and isn't murdered immediately. You can't do that in airports, okay? And then the whole part where he gets dragged back to his dad, or whatever Liam Neeson's relation to this child is, I don't know. Um, again, connections, fickle. Um, the girl that this kid was in love with just like saunters behind him and security and to give him a kiss. And I'm like, I know they're like, Oh, isn't this so sweet? He like chased them. But I'm just thinking of like the security issues and how this movie at the beginning even mentioned airports and like the relevancy of nine 11. And then at the very end neglected all the shit that was established at the beginning and the airport and just, and then just random care. Like, I'm sorry. This doesn't make sense because this movie doesn't fucking make sense. And if anybody recommends love, love actually 
I want to punch you in the fucking nose. Never mention this movie in my presence. That's another protocol. Respect the Sandman. Don't mention Love Actually to me because the movie upsets me. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Otis doesn't want to hear anything about Love Actually. You can talk to me about it. I think it's silly, a lot of it. I, I agree. Mean, I agree with that. The there's, there's a lot of silly. Is that if it was animated, the comedy would come off so much better because there's some parts that go over the top where it's like, oh, this is like a family guy bit, but it doesn't work because it's live action. I, I think I think that there. My problem with some of the parts of Love Actually, I mean, I agree with you that like having them all connected, that's like a cute little thing, but it didn't really need to happen. Um, I think I think a big part of what, by the way, this this the uh, Sam, the son of Liam Neeson in the movie, well, stepson, he's the son of his wife that he married who died. And that's why he has a hard time connecting with him and stuff because he's mourning the death of his yeah, wife. Yeah, and it's also connected, like, the, uh, was it Kate Winslet or she's in there for, like, a moment? And some, one of the Kates, or one of the British ladies, but then she's actually married to Alan Rick. And I was just like, some oh, of these Emma connections. Are- yeah, they're, are they, they didn't need to throw so many connections in there. I, leave I think a lot of it is just, it's a light fluff yeah uh rom-com british rom-com from a very specific time period and it was one of the first films to do it in it's that way british, to get it's super british like yeah. i mean look that's man, the thing that i don't think was relayed to me was how british this movie was um, oh yeah it's incredibly incredibly british but i, I i've got I, no look for me i think it's you know there are parts of it that I don't like. I really, really, really don't like the whole um, I'm standing outside of your door with cue cards that say, oh, I'm in I love with you. I didn't get to mention how creepy that, yeah, that entire that, thing is. That, that is not. He's no. in love with a woman that he's never even talked to or like even has made like an, an attempt at like a friendship and it's his best friend's wife. And then she's just cool with it. Like, Huh? Yeah, that's it's really kind of weird. Like, what? That's that part was really, really off. That part particularly upset me. I'm just like, I felt so bad for fucking uh, what's his face? I literally can't pronounce his name. Oh, she would tell you for yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know that whole thing. That the like him standing out and being like, Hey, like I've actually loved you this whole time. And I was being mean to you because you liked my friend, but I've been in love. Like the whole story is that I guess they met her at the same time. She, he liked her. She liked her, his friend. They got together and he just pretended to not like her because he didn't want to ruin his friend's relationship. So he shows up outside after the wedding with cue cards that say, Oh, I've loved you the whole time or whatever. And then she goes out and she kisses him. And I'm just like, this whole thing is like, not, it just, it rubbed me the wrong way. I agree that that's, that that's not good. Um, Um, The one, this part, this, this part's I I think is actually funny. (laughs) And it's a very specific thing. Um, the 
the the plot of just the random ugly British guy that can't get laid, so he goes to America to get laid, and then he goes there, and then he's like, "Ooh, ideal uh, American woman," and then it's Alicia Cuthbert, who's Canadian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I personally thought that was hilarious because I was like, "It's not even an American girl." That's hilarious, and also that's just so a British dude just shows up and just gets laid instantly. I'm like, okay. Like, yeah, like that, if that was a, if that was in family guy, that would make perfect sense. Like yeah. that as a cartoon, it's like, yeah. And then like the bill, the, cause I think the bill Nye part, him as the singer that just doesn't give a fuck anymore. And it's just super horny. Like that's the only one that I think actually got the tone right. And I was like, yeah, this is, yeah, this is legit. I think there's there's part of it parts of it that I I don't like I really like the um <clears throat> the Bill Nye one I really like the um the, the Alan Rickman one was also just kind of sad but as I, well I, I think the whole well, point like, of it is that it's supposed to be a look at all the different types of love right like it's supposed to be a movie that's looking at the very it's a Christmas themed romantic comedy that looks at uh a, a a looks at the the different types of love and the different ways love comes about and the different ways that love can work and not work and the truth that sometimes it doesn't work out the way you want it and some you know i think it's supposed to be that but it, it because of that it the tone like you said it can some of the stories the tone works and some of it doesn't overall i think it's a charming movie you should, yeah. can't really take it too seriously but i get a lot of your complaints about it like it's yeah because there's like, <laughs> it's like like the alan rickman one and like that storyline like that's a like that's actually like a good story like a good storyline and then the one where the girl who just constantly she like just doesn't stop working and then like also like you know it has the reveal of her brother who's in psychiatric or I'm yeah not that's, sure exactly that's, uh, the, like that, those were like legitimately like good like they were good like well written but then it's also kind of like why is that in the same movie as martin freeman talking while having sex yeah. like well they're not actually having sex they're like it's supposed to be like a a light um that's also why i never i i finally pieced it after the movie is that they're the they're the the models in yeah, the, the stand-ins in stand-in models for the paintings that the one guy sells that i guess the one friend makes i don't know again the connections fickle <laughs> but like uh, that's the thing is that I was like, why would you have not just taken that like Alan Rickman story of a guy with a loving wife and great family who's just kind of and like is being manipulated by a shitty young woman? It's like, that's a good movie right there. Like, I'd watch that. Yeah, that's I think I mean, I think I think that the uh, that the the kind of ensemble cast and the the loosely connected storylines, I think that it works as it is like a Christmas themed romantic comedy. And I think that there are parts of it that, like I said, are very endearing, but there are some tone deaf parts. I, I, and as I've gotten older and I look at it, you know, and I've seen it more and more, there are parts that I really like that I think really hit, but there are parts that I can see where people have issues with them. So I'm not like super surprised by some of the things that you said. Um, 
I just think overall it's like a credit uh, crisp. I was going to say critish, a British Christmas rom-com ensemble film. And it just operates as such. I mean, there's other stuff in the movie that makes no sense to me. Like how, but then like, like Martin, like Mark free making jokes while they you know, like replicating, replicating sex or Bill Nye just going on television and just saying, fuck these kids. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know what I do? I will say one of the other things that I don't like about that movie. And I've never liked about that movie is, I mean, it's I, I in the end it works out because they get together and blah, blah, blah. But the whole Hugh Grant who's prime minister, and he has yeah. the 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 Natalie, the woman who works for him, and uh, yeah. and he's like he's uh uh he's like into her, but then he is like not allowed to be into her because she's like chubby or something, and it's not gonna look good or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. that woman's beautiful. What are you talking about? Like the whole thing, I was like, they talk about her in that movie like she's some kind of troglodyte, and I'm like, that's a beautiful woman. Why, who is saying that they would not enjoy to be with this beautiful woman who is beautiful and obviously successful and all this stuff? And they're like, well, no, you can't go with her because she's a little chubby. The polls would make it. I was like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) It's so weird. Um, But, you know, they work it in the end. And I, I just didn't even understand. Like, they're like talking about it like she's like some kind of like hunchback, like evil demonic looking person and it's just like she just looks like a normal person and i just didn't yeah it's just weird i get it it's supposed to play up like oh politics and what looks good in politics and blah 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 blah. but it's just it's so far-fetched and honestly kind of like offensive that when i watch it again and i see her i'm like oh she's so pretty she's so beautiful and then they're like you can't be with her because she she people won't like it because she's kind of chubby she's evil and i'm like who would believe this bullshit what prime minister is going to sit there and be like hey i'm i kind of into this woman what do the polls think maybe that's what they really do i don't know but yeah, you know, because, you know, what the polls think has never stopped any politicians from having sex with, uh, you know, all sorts of other people <laughs> that shouldn't be having sex with whatsoever. Good God. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, uh, the, the I guess the second protocol from today is don't talk to Otis about love, actually. Um, and the first one is respect the same I mean, man. Now that I've actually talked it out with you, I don't feel so bad. We, we can erase that. That's not... The Sandman stays, though. The Sandman that is, stays. That's fucking stone, dude. That's, yeah. That's, that's. You, that can, you can talk to me about love, actually, as long as you let me get my steam out first. And then, like, yeah, that's if, a, you, if you come to me, I'm going to, I'm going to be charged up. I'm going to be charged fun. up and I, I might a little heated and you're going to be like, this is really, you know, then this is really inappropriate. But, you know, once I get it out, I can be like, okay, you know what? It's just a really silly British movie that I wish was just a cartoon. <laughs> there you go. And you know what? You've just been led into a world of Otis and I's real life where we have conversations like this all the time where he or I see something that make us angry and then we rant at each other for a bit and then eventually cooler heads prevail. And then we're like, okay, maybe, yeah, maybe I, okay. Maybe I was going a little bit too hard because sometimes we do that all the time. We see something on Twitter and we just start going, 
and then finally calmed down and that was it he was heated about love actually uh and we and we talked it out so that i guess that protocol has been slashed but you will respect adam sandler we respect adam sandler uh and uh and i guess that's it for today there's two things uh on three things uh, logistical things. Well, four things. Let's say four things. Sorry, I keep adding them. Uh, firstly, uh, if you haven't listened to Pressure uh, from me, my my latest single, I would suggest you go do that sometime this weekend. Maybe play it at your Christmas party after a couple drinks or whatever. If you have any cousins or friends or whoever you're around who like hip hop, maybe show it for, show it to them. I got another single coming uh, very soon. Uh, maybe next week or the week after. It's a self-produced single, uh, and uh, I got a. I, we're working on a bunch more stuff. Secondly, uh, it is Christmas Eve uh, to right now when we are dropping this, which means that today the package has been delivered. I believe Otis, the your uh, client, has mm-hmm. with his has come through and, and dropped the package. The dossier is out to the people. Is that right? Uh, that is correct. Um, yeah. As of today, Friday, December twenty fourth, since since midnight, uh, Corpus Christi, the EP, the debut EP by Doctor Beats, is now streaming and available on all platforms, including SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music. I have, I don't know. I, all the rest of them. Yeah, that's where you can, and that's where you can hear pressure as well. Uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, you know, whatever else you use, Deezer, Amazon, whatever. It's all on there. Uh, so yeah, check out the Doctor Meets EP Corpus Christi. Uh, that is now available. Um, pressure. Uh, what was the other things? I had two more things that I was going to say. The third one is oh yes next week we are doing a uh, a year in review the bird report where we're going to have a lazy bird episode but we're going to talk about our favorite things from the year reminisce on some stories some fun times talk about what we got for christmas and uh and all that stuff and uh that's going to be a lot of fun and then uh after that we'll be back to doing regular episodes and doing all that stuff and um, I don't know what was the last one. Was it just a Merry Christmas message? Maybe Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah. Uh, shout out to everybody who's listening um, and who's who's been riding with us this year. Uh, since we started back up again, we've you know we've now have listeners in a bunch of different uh, uh, countries and and people who are steadily listening to us really appreciate it um can't wait to do more next year i don't know if there's anything else i mean check the regicide trailer if you haven't seen it already uh otis you got anything Ooh, uh i guess i i just uh filmed something last night and i know michael malco great uh director who I worked with on, well, he was working sound on Registi, but he makes his own short horror films on, puts them on YouTube. So give Michael Malco a follow on YouTube and we'll have a, uh, we'll have a Christmas themed horror uh, short. He says it's going to be out before the new year. So it's going to be out before the new year. And so, yeah, I'll, yeah, I guess well, probably probably I'll have a link for that on ne- next week. But you know, check back. Yeah, with the yeah, bird report. 
Um, I guess that's it. I hope you guys are having a, a wonderful Christmas Eve and you have a wonderful Christmas or whatever you're celebrating with you and yours. Please be safe out there. The, uh, the Omicron is upon us. Uh, yeah. Sounds like some kind of goddamn tagline for a Michael Bay Transformer movie. Transformers yeah. 6, Omicron rising. But like, you know what I mean? It's here. And uh, and go get your boosters or book it if you can. Or, or mm. you know, do whatever you got to do to stay safe. I'm not a doctor, whatever. Um, I just, uh, you know, enjoy yourself. Uh, be safe. Don't drink and drive. I hope you Santa leaves you a wonderful gift under the under the tree uh, or, or, you know, I wish you all the best for the holiday season. We'll be back for the end of the year. The bird report. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. If you guys have anything, if you guys disagree or, or uh, you want to talk more about love actually and and uh you want to give give otis an earful or yeah. you want to talk about talk some shit. yeah or if you want to come and talk to me about uh my my movies that happen at christmas versus christmas movie thing or whatever or you have suggestions for things for us to watch or you want to just say hey what's up you can find me on instagram at p-a-l-m-r-e-a-d-r and on twitter at p-l-m-r-d-r and otis they can find you uh, Twitter, Instagram, Otis Morris, dude. Uh, yeah, it's dude, D-U-D-E. You know how to spell dude. Um, yeah, follow me on there if you don't already. And um, yeah, keep, uh, keep your eyes on there for, uh, you know, some details maybe regarding Dr. Meats. Um, like, I, because I only get a few documents and just deciphering these are like, incre- it's like, what it... Like, I don't know, like, if you're trying to communicate with a guy that only speaks in, like, cryptid, like, logos, it's like, I, I don't know, I don't know, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to, like, come up with my own, like, Yeah, he's, he's like device. the Zodiac killer if he was a drug dealer, like, that's, he just, he sends you, like, Basically, like, yeah, and, like, Ciphers. Even <laughs> though they're, like, even though they're, like, documents and, like, like of just like album details and stuff like that it still feels like holding on to it is possession of some sort of criminal thing like i don't know there could be bomb residue on these papers i don't know i mean he, call, he calls everything a document i mean he once handed you a hand, an empty handgun with a bunch of etchings on it that was his document yeah. right like there's not He's a very yeah. cryptid man, but you know what? You can go and stream Corpus Christi right now and get a little bit of, uh, get into the mind of Dr. Meads. So go stream that, go stream Pressure. We'll see you next week. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Peace out. Shh.